G'day there and welcome to another episode of In The Ballpark. I am your host Michael Serpel, or you can refer to me as Serpers, and I'm here with Statman Maxi. Unfortunately, Ryan is away today, big frizzy. He's uh, came down with a bit of a cold, but don't worry, he will be back next week as well. But Maxie, it's just you and me here. We um, just survived a close shave at RMIT with one of the fire alarms, which was... Um, almost, what, a thousand people in the building oh. come to a standstill in the, um, on the staircase just to be told that there was a false alarm. Unbelievable. For about 20 minutes, we were stuck on the stairs and we got told it's a false alarm. What a joke, server. I reckon there have been grand finals in the past that haven't been that hacked <laughs> or that mad. That was just unbelievable. But anyway, moving on to this round of football, we just went through a very interesting round being round four and a lot of teams actually put in very, very good performances over clubs that should have really had an easy edge over them. Um... In this round, Maxi, yeah, what did you make of it? A few surprises. I was impressed by um, I was impressed by Essendon and also GWS were very surprising. Mm. Not so much the result, but more the margin. But yeah, I only got six this week in the tips. So yeah, no, I got three this week in the tips, so three. it wasn't three. Three Jeez. wasn't great for me. Um, yes, yeah, so, um, <laughs> I must have went with too many upsets, but um, or maybe not enough. But um, yes, uh, the first game, of course, was on Friday night. It was up in the West. It was the 30th anniversary of the first VFL game um, for the West Coast. So it was a very big game for them. They showcased their Premiership Cups, of course. Had a different Guernsey with all the players on it. And as a result, they played really good footy, I thought. Yeah, they were just looked at class above Richmond, didn't they? Um, mm. 18 goals, 17, 125 to 9 goals, 357. They were just too good, so bad. And a uh, very interesting stat I was able to dig up. I'm doing your job here, Maxi. Apparently, only eight entries into their forward 50 of the Richmond Tigers to half time. And this is the fourth time a team has had so few since the year 2000. So that is a pretty bad stat that they would love to forget very soon, I'd imagine, Maxi. Yeah, well, their ball movement was their main struggle. We look at their inside 50s. West Coast had 60 inside 50s to Richmond's 27. Mm. That is shocking. Their ball movement was terrible. There was our, there was a moment where Brandon Ellis had the ball. I think it was on the wing, mm. and he just he didn't know where to go. He, was he had just, no he idea. Looked three sixty and ended up going just long down the line. He could have done it ten seconds earlier, but could no have one done was a lot better. For him. Yes, and um, and West Coast do have that ability to score very quickly and to shut off a lot the of. Web. They, they, they do the web very well, and they're able to cover each other very well as, as they've done in the previous seasons. Um, a bit of a disappointment for Richmond, of course. David Asprey, who has had a very good start to the year in the back line, uh, rolled his left ankle and he could be out for a couple of weeks, which is really disappointment, really disappointing for the Tigers. And on the West Coast side, of course, Matty Prittis did miss this ga- game due to a groin strain, but he should be back hopefully this week, maybe next week, depending on how things go. But um, big Scotty Lysett um, got a little bit excited and um, gave... <laughs> Gave uh, Tyrone a bit of a little knock to the side there, which... Um, Getting one back for um, Tyrone's knock to... Um, was it Dan Cox? I think, I think it was. Um, I think it was. It's good to see um, Jack Darling with the main goal scorer for West Coast. Usually it's been Kennedy over mm-hmm. there in the West. But Jack Darling chipped in with four goals. Kennedy yeah. just kicked a bit inaccurately, kicked two goals, three. But also impressed by Richmond. One of the good highlights was a young Peaks boy, Corey Ellis, 20 disposals. Looked oh. really comfortable at the level, server. Very good, very good. And I mean, uh, Jack Rewald as well contributed with four goals, four goals. on a night, which, 
which they only scored nine goals free. So it's a pretty good effort from Jack, but unfortunately he doesn't have a lot of help up there. But yeah, you're absolutely right about Jack Darling. I mean, he really is um, becoming another target up there in the forward line. Originally it was just a standalone Josh Kennedy, but... You know, now they've got a couple more forward options up there, which is very impressive for them. So it was a good win by the West Coast Eagles, the one that they needed. And, uh, yeah, they've got a very big match this week um, up against the Sydney Swans. Of course, Saturday, um, it was the very first country match, which included the Essendon Bombers up against the Geelong Cats. And, of course... They were pretty another... good, sir, but they were pretty good. They were, weren't they? And this was another one of uh, Kevin Sheedy's... Um, Ideas and of course, um, it was it was a lot better than what we expected. And in fact, the the, the Dons were very very competitive. As you said, they were only eight points down leading into the final break. And, and if they were to score more goals in that last quarter, they could have potentially really challenged Geelong in that last quarter. And they just didn't look quite fit enough, did yeah, they? Um, no. I think Geelong's class just at the end. Geelong kicked fairly inaccurately. I think Essendon six goals six, so they've only had twelve scores to Geelong's nine goals eighteen. They so that's did twenty seven. Scores to Geelong, but yeah, Geelong were just too good in the end, but Essendon did push them all the way. They certainly did. Well, up until the last quarter, I should say. The last quarter was pretty... Geelong were fairly dominant towards the end. But I mean, um, up until three-quarter time, Maxie, um, Essendon had a lot more disposals mm -hmm. of the ball. They had 344 compared to 259, and 32 contesting compared to 17. I mean, um, they were just pretty unreal, weren't they, as far as getting the ball? Plus 27 disposals and plus 11 clearances, the Bombers. And it was interesting to see at one stage they had... Um, well, actually, Matty Lundberg was probably his best game for the club mm. so far. Essen won a hit out to plus six. But um, it was interesting to see, I think, at, one, at a few of the stoppages they had, obviously, Lundberg in the ruck. Mm. But then they also had Parrish, Laverde and Langford. So that was a good glimpse of the future so far. Certainly was. That could be the future lineup for that midfield. Um, also, a couple of notable um, performances for Essendon. Of course, David Zarakis has been Continues impressive this year. Form, he? How many disposals did he get, Maxi? 34. But I was also impressed with young Horacio Fantasia. Ooh, Horacio! 29. 29. Career high for him, I think. A bit close to it. I'm not. I think his previous um, high was 27 against the Pies in round 23, but wow, he... <laughs> Jeez, you're on the ball Absolutely there, unbelievable, isn't he? Zach, um, also, Zach Merrin went under 29 touches, and Adam Cooney, 28. Gee whiz. And young Darcy Parrish continues his merry way with another 24 disposals. And of course, another player to mention in the back line... Donald Tippin-Woody. Tippin-Woody! Of course, for those super coach players out there, he got a very nice 104 super coach points. So if you don't have disposals. him, get him in. 23 disposals did very well. When it 78.3% disposal efficiency was very good. Certainly was. And another player in our back line, Michael Hartley. Yes, kept Tommy Hawkins goalless. Goalless, which is a very hard feat to do. It's, his own, it's only his first season on a senior list. He did extremely well. And, of course, Stokes and Kelly against their old club. 22 disposals apiece. Very good contributions, sure, um, Maxie. Stokes, you kicked that goal and I don't think you knew how to feel about it. <laughs> oh, he sort of like, do I, do I go and hug a Geelong guy in the crowd or do I hug an Essendon fan? But... No, um, Paddy Dangerfield on the Geelong side of things was also very good in him and... Well, he had 27, Mitch Duncan 27 as well, and Joel Sell with 26. So the midfield group at Geelong did very well. They did very well indeed. So that was a very good game of football, a good prospect, although it was a little bit scrappy. 
Um, Geelong eventually victorious in that one. Now, another game down at Launceston was Hawthorne up against the Saints. I mean, it was it was almost the script was almost written at the start, but the script was certainly changed. The St Kilda really gave it to the Hawks. Yeah, I am loving the Saints this season. They look very exciting. But Maxi, this was a very interesting match. I was very surprised by St Kilda's performance. Well, they've been fairly impressive this year, Seth. They've run a few teams. Fairly close, but they're young. They're young. Look like they're young boys come through. Absolutely, so, and um, Paddy McCarthy. Paddy McCarthy. Would Graves would have been nice to see him kick that goal. Yeah, well, he got very close to it, but uh, only in his tenth game of footy, he kicked. Looked very he, good. He took a couple of really crucial marks. Could have won him the game in the end of the day, but yeah, the young Saints have been absolutely outstanding, and they had an eleven-point lead early in that final term. They certainly did give themselves every chance when that game looked. They were a little bit inaccurate, and their turnovers did cost them, especially in the first quarter when there was an 18-point buffer in in uh, favour of the Hawks. Um, and, of course, their star, Sammy Mitchell. I mean, he, as I said, he's like a good 44. glass of Shiraz and Izzy Maxi, you know? 44 touches. Oh. 13, 13 kicks, but 31 handballs. I, I actually saw an article um, from... Alan Richardson saying that the Saints were fairly happy not to tag him but to put a lot of pressure on him so that he wasn't kicking that much. So for him to have 13 kicks and 31 handballs, it sounds like they've sort of got a job done, but to still have 44 touches is obviously caused a fair bit of damage. Well, I mean, for a guy who's getting on, Max, I mean, he... I like your big man, uh, Scotty Thompson. It, almost with age, he just seems to just get better yeah. and better. And uh, that's one of the main reasons why the Hawks have been... So consistent this year. So that was a very crucial win for them because uh, at the end of the day, I think they were lucky to win that game. Young, um, you talk about the Saints youngsters. Uh, Seb Ross, 28 touches. Jack Billings, one of the many Jacks down at St Kilda, 27. <laughs> Jack Noons, 25. And Jack Stephen, 23. So the young Saints playing pretty well. They certainly are standing up when it counts. And, uh, yeah, a lot of very promising signs there for the Saints. Now, on Saturday night, Maxie, a um, bit of an upset as well. Um, the Brisbane Lions got up very against well. the Gold Coast Suns. The Gold Coast Suns, of course, before this match were undefeated, looking very, very good indeed. Brisbane Lions, of course... Um, very exciting this season because of their scoring. Um, but in the Q clash, um, there was obviously plenty of history in it, and yes. uh, they did very well. There's a big opportunity lost for the Gold Coast. Sir. They could have gone 4-0, mm. but they've sort of come back to the pack a little bit. They're still 3-1, so I think if you told them that at the start of the year, they'd probably take it. They but probably would. Big opportunity lost. I don't think that came 100% focused, and yeah... Yeah, they certainly didn't, Max. And of course, we love international success stories. And of course, yes. Pierce Handler, he was absolutely outstanding. I mean, he deserves a pint of Guinness after that performance. He was just running, running riots. And he kicked a very, very crucial goal there. And 28 disposals, two goals. He was brilliant, Max. Four tackles to go along with that serve, but 18 kicks as well, which is what wow. you want him doing. He's a very good kicker for an Irishman. He is, he certainly is. He, he knows how to find the ball. And uh, the Lions, three, uh, 154 contestant possessions compared to 132. Probably the shining light for the Suns was Tommy Lynch. He kicked five goals. And Aaron Hall continues his consistent form, got 26 disposals. Gary Ablett was relatively quiet for his standards, only 24 disposals. But at the end of the day, the Lions just seemed to have, you know, just more, more fire, it. didn't they? They, they wanted just it. wanted it. Plus 60 possessions as well, so... They did. They pretty 
all-round sort of performance, wasn't it, Zerbo? And to be honest, someone who caught my eye a little bit was Tommy Bell. He, he's he been very good he's for... He's um, always been a good player there. Um, knocking him's always been his kicking, but mm. you can't fold his heart. And he, he kicked two goals on the weekend, uh, 16 touches and seven marks. Look, he, he is doing everything they need him to do up there. So, um, you know, considering he came from Carlton, another team who was struggling last season, um, seems to be a decent decision from the Lions. So a very good win to them. Of course, the big talking point out of this game was, of course, Steve May's mm. hit on Stephen Martin. And, um, yeah, he's going to get five weeks, Maxi, for that one. Yeah, well, I think he probably just about knew it as soon as he did it. I think I mean, he did. Yeah. And look, <laughs> he, he was pretty remorseful about it. He, he said, was. sorry during the week. That's all he can really do. He knows he was in the wrong. So. And, he, and he said sorry on the day as well. He's just to move on. I think it's obviously probably what he deserved. Yeah. I thought he should have got six weeks. But yeah, yeah. I mean, the AFL needed to make a bold statement on yeah. this one, didn't they, Max? They needed to give him a fair bit of time off. And uh, so five weeks, I think, is decent. Head, um, eye, head eye contact. He knew he was in the wrong, so I think we so just... Well, Stephen Martin didn't play for the rest of the game. Still did very well on Supercoach, mind mm. you. But, yes, um, it's a very bad hit, and that can't be happening in AFL. But um, on the positive, at least Stephen, uh, St- <laughs> Stephen May can help out um, with Stephen Martin's haircut in the next five weeks, hopefully, because <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. that is absolutely but, um, disgraceful. Just quickly, young Josh Shackey continues to impress. Only one goal which he'll probably take that for a first-year play, but also 15 touches and five marks. Yeah, that is very good indeed. And, of course, the other game that was happening on Saturday night was pretty lacklustre in the end of the day because it was um, it was the very exciting Bulldogs, but they are up against a very determined Carlton. I mean, the result was always written on the walls, but uh, at the end of the day, might have cost the Bulldogs more. Yeah, so we're not going to focus on this match too much, I think. We all probably knew the result going into the game. Mm. Carlton 7 goals, 7.49. Continue to struggle up forward to put a reasonable score on the board versus the Dogs. 13.785. The Western mm. Bulldogs were plus 90 in total, pos- total possessions. Um, few players from the Bulldogs continue to impress. Lockie Hunter continues his very good form from... I think he's good form started at the back end of last year. Another 33 touches. Shane Biggs... Well, he's going to have a big role considering that they've lost Murphy oh. and now Jason Johannesson. Jason Johannesson. Big JJ. 10 weeks, so they've lost two of their half-backs. I mean, it almost seemed like they had an oversupply of half-back this, this year, mm. Silver, but they've lost two in two weeks. So it's been a cruel blow, but Shane Biggs had another 32 possessions. Gee whiz. The Bont wasn't his biggest game possession-wise, but he kicked three goals. And for Carlton, there was a few good signs for Carlton, actually. Mm. Lockie Plowman from the GWS. Plowman? He was a very high pick. He was. A few years ago. I'm pretty sure he's picked three by memory. Mm. He, he, was, he was in the top five, I think. But he's very impressive, and it looks like they've unearthed probably their centre-half back, centre-half, and full-back combination for the next ten years or so with, obviously, Plowman and Wiedering. So there's a few good signs for Carton. Obviously, they're struggling to put a score on the board. Um Big Levi's. He's <laughs> probably not. He's another goalless performance, but he's just well. The Carlton forward line overall, they just they haven't got the big targets to mm. kick the ball to. And young Liam Sumner in his first game. Sumner, yes, right. also from the Giants. Two goals for him, so not bad. Um, but yeah, I think this game is pretty much the only talking bit talking part that came out of it was mm-hmm. Jess Johnson's injury and young. 
Tommy Boyd. Boyd. <laughs> He's at Now, I mean, this boy, we know he can kick some goals at maybe VFL level, but boy, can he do a header. Yeah. Was not watching the ball. Hit, hit him straight on the pill and um, went a fair way, about six or seven rows back, which is a very good effort from him, yeah. but just was not watching the ball. And, um, yeah, he'll, he'll have a pretty sore night. And, of course, to add to that woes, um, he is out with a bit of a shoulder injury. He did escape mm. a serious one, but he might be out for a couple of weeks as well. So he might have to learn how to mark a ball, let alone watch it. So, uh, yes, it was a... Bit of a lacklustre performance, but they got over the line in the end of the day, Maxi. Now, of course, I think one of the main games on Saturday night was a very exciting one. We always knew this was going to be a pretty exciting game. The two informed teams of the competition, you could almost say, the Adelaide Crows and the Sydney Swans. This was, of course, played at the Adelaide Crows Fortress, the Adelaide Oval. Um, Adelaide 16-17-113 to 15-13-103, the Swans. It was a thriller. It was one of... One of the games of the season so far, and there are 11 lead changes in it, Maxi. 11 lead changes, Seba. And big Tommy Lynch returning, of course, after the happiness of uh, being a father. Three, Three goals. goals. Have done well. 21 disposals as well. And kicked a beauty from the boundary in the last quarter to, to wrap up that game. And for Sydney, there was a very impressive player who has a magnificent mop of hair. His name big is, Isaac. of course, Big Isaac Heaney. Kicked two late goals in that last quarter. Eight in disposals. Four sausage rolls. But four sausage rolls with sauce, and he was unbelievable. And he, that was one of the most exciting games I've seen from him. He took a couple of very nice marks as well after copping one from, of course, Luke Parker a couple of weeks ago. So it was a very important win for the Crows, Maxi. We've got, um, just on Sydney quickly, they've got two, two of probably the best youngsters in the comp. We've got Isaac Heaney and young Callum Mills. Callum Mills. If it wasn't for their academy, they probably could have gone pick one. So absolutely, two, almost two big ones in the team, but Isaac's playing pretty well in the forward line. You look at their Sydney's forward line at the moment. They've got um, Wallace Heaney's kicked four goals this week, buddy. Another his fourth bag of four. He's, he's on fire, isn't in, he? In fine, in fine form. Four, he certainly is. But um, Eddie Betts yeah, got four as well, which was very good very, for the Crows. Talk about this later, but very debatable. One of his goals, the push in the back. No. Oh. The second last one. But, um, He's very flexible, yeah. the old it is, isn't he? But uh, no, he, he does get the job done. Of course, one of the other better players was, of course, Scotty Thompson. Your man, Maxi. 250 games. So he, of course, was let off in style with a big grin there on his face. And, of course, Dan Hannabury, who has been a player... Who has, yeah, who has stood up in the last couple of years, could even be in the running for the Brownlow this year, had 38 disposals. He's a rough nut, but he loves getting that pill. Very good game from him as well. So it was a very important win by the Crows. They came storming home in that last quarter. Could have been anyone's game at the end of the day, Maxie, but the Battle of the Birds, at the end of the day, the Crows got over the line. So very good win by them, and they marked their top four credentials. They look very good. I think Don Pike's got them playing a fairly good system circle, but... Um... Swanee's got another big game this week against the West Coast, so it'll be interesting to see. Battle of the HMA Sydney Maxi, it's of course Sydney and the West Coast. It's been a long time since they've actually played each other at the SCG, not since those glory days in the 04, 05, 06 era, but um, that should be a very interesting game, so it should be. Be very hard one to tip. And now, of course, on Sunday, Maxi, GWS came up against Port Adelaide, and this was looking like an even contest. Um, before the bounce of the ball on paper, but at the end of the day, Port weren't up to it, were they, Maxie? I didn't know who to tip going into the game. No. So after the first quarter, 
it was just all one way traffic. The Giants were all over him. It was um, 22 goals 19, 1 5 1 to 9 goals 11 65. Jedward spacked them. They were pretty much too good for him, and the poor boys didn't look like they cared too much. And Jedward was plus 15 in clearances, plus 34 in inside 50 server. Plus 15 contested possessions and a few young GWS boys who impressed me. Rory Lobb, the big boy, number 36. Big Lobb! Four goals for him, and we'll talk about the number one draft picks mm. in a while from previous years, but Lockie Whitfield looks like he's starting to get on the improved 23 disposals, which includes six inside 50s. So it's a pretty. They just were too good, the Giants, and Port Adelaide. They're in a hole, Super. They certainly are. And um, 94 points is a big statistic. And, of course, this was the Giants' best ever first half score. 30 points more than their next best, which was against the Bulldogs here, of course, 2014. That is a very huge score. 86-point victors um, with only 10,000 fans there. But overall, they were terrific. Mm, yeah. And very, um, very It was probably their best performance of the, of the year so far. That was, like... It was almost scary what they did to them, but Port Adelaide, where oh. do they go from here, sir? But these, they just look like they haven't got a plan B. Absolutely, and look, I'll touch on this later because I am very shocked about the power. And um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> Robbie Gray just um, didn't have the influence like he did. And um, and look, Chad Wingard, pretty light day, only kicked two goals, 14 touches. And Hamish Hartlett, fairly quiet as well, 15 disposals. So they're, they're good... Players that they rely on didn't have big influences at all. So, of course, power in a bit of a hole now, and um, Ken Hinckley's under a bit of fire because if they don't fix up this embarrassing, as he said, uh, loss, they could be in some serious strife going into the future. Could be very uncertain times ahead for the power. Now, of course, on the other game on Sunday was Collingwood and Melbourne. Usually the Queen birthday clash, but this year it was a little bit earlier on. Um, Collingwood were pretty firm favourites coming into this game, but the D's are starting to get a couple of strings of wins against the uh, against the Pies, Max. It's a very interesting game. Still haven't won two games in a row yet since 2011. They've got an wow. opportunity to do, to do that this week against the Tigers, not the D's. But um, they were two, it was pretty much their first quarter that did it for them. So for 16 goals, 6-102 to 9 goals, 13-67. Unbelievable. 35-point um, figures. Their first quarter was pretty much what won the game. Six goals, two first quarter. And after that, after the first quarter, the margin, it sort of wavered around the 30-point mark, but it was pretty much their first quarter that set up the game. And Jack Watts, four goals, probably one of his Unbelievable. One of his best performances, and he almost he squared up with Collingwood. So you, you remember his Oh, I remember that big bump. So. About and four players jumped on top of him. and uh, squared, It was squared up. Squared up with them, so... So he certainly holds a bit of a grudge against them. Four goals, and um, young Jesse Hogan also played... He came into a, back, came into a bit of form with the... That's good to hear. Young Jack Viney is an air tough mark. 31, I suppose, was 16 of which contested. And Travis Cloak, another one... It was a pretty poor performance. It wasn't his worst game of the year, but one contested mark. Two pretty cheap goals, but... Yeah. Um, and there is pretty much the day's first quarter that set up the win, but um, pressure will continue to rise on Nathan Buckley's ever. Absolutely, and I want to quickly highlight, in just his second game, Joshy Wagner stood very firm Wagner. in the back line, 24 disposals and 6 marks. 
while of course Tommy Bug, another pretty youngster from the Giants, probably his best game for his new club, 29 touches and 9 tackles in that back line, so their pressure and their influence is quite outstanding. You also know? impressed with the first game of young Jaden Hunt. Jaden Hunt? Yeah, it was only 13 disposals, but he looked like he provided them with a bit of run on the half-back wing, but um, had his jumper torn off him for most of the... <laughs> Now look, I've got a bit of a slap in this game. Tommy Langdon, all right. Now look, his haircut is absolutely woeful, but he tried to square up a ball. He was on the boundary, tried to square it up to the goal square where one of his players was, completely shanked it, and gave it right back to um Kent, I think it was. To Big Deanie Kent who pumped one through. He's, been, he's actually been fairly good um, this year, Dean Kent. Goes a bit under the radar, but had twenty one disposals. Six tackles and a goal, so if he keeps that up, he'll be definitely keeping his spot in the team. So Certainly will, and a decent crowd there as well, 47,000, so very good for those two sides. Oh, and um, always get big crowds, They always do. They'll be getting a big crowd for Anzac Day this week, they wouldn't want to lose that certainly one. Certainly will, Maxie, and I'll tell you what, it was... Certainly, Nathan Buckley comes into this next game with a lot of pressure on his head, and uh, same with Big Eddie, dogs, I think you might want to stay out of the way of the cameras, because... Uh, Tell you what, I'd give Essendon every chance Half a sniff. to win this game. They've also got the Blues after that, so they wouldn't want to lose those two games. Could be staring down the barrel of a... Cap- now, of course, the very last game of round four was North Melbourne up against the Freo Dockers. Freo coming under... Coming to Melbourne with a very big cloud over their heads, but they were more competitive in this game. Actually, they got over a hundred points in their scoring, so they'd be pretty happy with that. They're trying to play a more attacking style of footy, but it's not quite there. Yet. And North have continued their really great form. Of course, they sit as the only undefeated team on first, the top of the AFL table. First time North are on top of the ladder since nineteen ninety eight. Nineteen ninety eight. You and me would have been one or two years. We would have been, and Big Wayne Kerry would have been absolutely running a riot. But um. You know, first time they've been 4-0 and zero since 2005 as well, Maxie. So it has yes. been quite a while. But uh, yes, um, Freo are still winless and North Melbourne. Um, Freo, they sort of improved. They're playing a few kids. Ross doesn't usually like playing kids that much. We saw it his time at St. Kilda. St. Kilda barely played them. Saw Lockie Weller and Ed Langdon go to go this time. But um, it was the third time out of four games that Freo conceded over 100 points. The other time being 92 points against West Coast. So you wouldn't expect that from a Ross Lyon side usually, but um, North Melbourne with plus 68 disposals mm. and plus 28 contested possessions. Which, without Sandilands there is usually um, Frio's point of difference. But, certainly um, is. Yeah, Ross wouldn't be happy with 20, plus 28 disposals against him. But um, also, quickly, Jared Waite is ranked the number one player in the competition at the moment. So that's Jared Waite? And, he'll, he, and he's he, leaving the Cat Coleman as well, I believe. Um, I don't think he is. Oh, well, maybe he's not. I think you um, butchered that one. I think he'll be a little gee, there from the Gold Coast. Well, but, um, I think he's kicked, he's what, played, 16 goals this season? Yeah, he's played very well. He's had another 16 disposals, four goals, nine marks, four of which were inside 50. And Daniel Wells also continues his, his improve. Um, very 25 possessions. And Lockie Weller. I mean, not Lockie Neal, sorry. I butchered that. But um, 35 disposals for Lockie Neal on the weekends. So and I'm just going to nail this stat home, Maxie. Midfielder Jackie Zebel, 26 disposals. He was the star of the show. He controlled the stoppages with eight clearances. He even pushed forward, kicked 
three schmackaroonies, and including two set shots from beyond 50. We know he's a very penetrable kick. He was outstanding, and uh, future leader of the club for sure, Maxi. Pretty potent forward line, Betty Brown also chipped in for three goals. Super. And Sammy Gibson, he usually plays Sammy a Gibson. Usually plays a shutdown role, but he kicked three sausage rolls as well. And 26 disposals as well, Maxi. He was very valuable with the line breaking. It was an important win for North Melbourne. Of course, next up, um, they have the Gold Coast Suns at Metricon. We know they've lost there in the past, but uh, hopefully the humidity isn't too much for them. Hopefully. So that was the round that was round four. Now, of course, this round, Maxi, is a very exciting round. It's, of course, round five being the Anzac Day round. And it all kicks off with a very exciting match on Friday night. It's the Hawks up against a red-hot Adelaide Crows. And, Maxi, who are you tipping in this one? I think, I think this will be a really exciting game, actually. I'm, Adelaide played, they've really impressed me now. To start the year with a really hard draw, I think they're 3-1 at the moment, but... Mm. I'm just tipping Hawthorne just that. I think, I think Adelaide will give a good account of themselves. I think it'll be a pretty competitive game, but Hawthorne just. Well, Maxi, look, I reckon that other final would be stinging them. Adelaide, of course, playing pretty dismal footy at the MCG. I'm actually going to tip Adelaide here. I don't know. I just think they're going to really give it to Hawthorne. They're going to, they're going to come. They're going to bring a lot of their game. And look, it's all about the forward line. If they can get that forward line um, going, if Tex walking and get into the game, if Eddie Betts can get into the game, because all those players didn't have too much of an influence when they came over last time, I think they could possibly cause an upset. Um, of course, on Saturday, we have the Battle of the HMA Sydney 2. It is Sydney up against the West Coast Eagles. And West Coast away from home here. Um, who have you got for this one, Maxi? Um, Sydney has started the season well. I'm going to tip Sydney, but I think it'll be a fairly close game. I think so as well. Now, Gold Coast up against North Melbourne, of course. It's getting played at Metricom Stadium. This will be an interesting game because Gold Coast did have a pretty bad loss against Brisbane, but can they bounce back in this game, Maxi? I think North form at the minute is just too good for Gold Coast. I think Gold Coast did start the year well, but it was against lesser opposition. I think North will be too good in this game. So, but... Yes, I think so as well. I'm tipping North for that game. And... Uh, the Western Bulldogs are up against um, the Brisbane Lions at Etihad Stadium on Saturday night. Is this pretty obvious where this game's going to go, Maxi? Yeah, I think the Doggies should win this fairly comfortably, sir, but I think, <laughs> I think the Lions will be... They'll be competitive for our Sages game, but I think the Doggies will get it too. Now, of course, Port Adelaide hosts the Geelong Cats at Adelaide Oval. Now, this is a real line-in-the-sand game for Port. I mean, they've, they've got to win this to keep their season on track, don't they, Maxi? Where do you see this one going? Yeah, I'm tipping Geelong in this game. Um, I think... Well, I think they're just not consistent enough. No. Can Hinkley stated in the press conference throughout the week, but um, yeah, I'm just tipping Geelong in this one. But I think it'll be a close one. Mm. Look, I think I'm going to tip Geelong as well, but I think Port really do need to show more in this game. They've really got to get their season back on track. Now, on Sunday, one of the first games there is going to be St Kilda up against GWS. St Kilda do have the home advantage at Etihad Stadium. Where do you see this one going, Maxi? I think GWS are playing pretty good footy at the moment, I Look, St Kilda had a very good effort against Hawthorne. Of course, they pushed the Premiers. Look, I'm going to tip St Kilda here in a bit of an upset. I think they, you know, they've got a very good list there, and um, if they can get on the board early, I think they can really 
um, compete against GWS. Now, of course, on Sunday, this is the match that, of course, there needs to be a winner out of this unless it's a draw. It's, um, it's Fremantle up against Carlton at the main stadium. Uh, Carlton haven't won there for a couple of years, and Freo do have a pretty good record at the main stadium. But where do you see this one going, Maxi? Oh, Freo have just got to win it. They've got any chance of resurrecting this season. I'm gonna, I've got to tip Freo. I can't tip yeah. Carlton. I think Freo are probably the better side, but. I agree with you there, Maxi. Yeah, Freo have got to win this. Um, I'm tipping them with. Both. And and if they don't win this, they're going to be zero and five after being yeah, nine and zero, and uh, could be a potential rebuild. So I'm going to tip Freo home side. Home crowd advantage. Hopefully they can get that win. And of course, Sunday night, they have persisted with the Anzac Day Eve match. It's Melbourne up against the Tigers. This is a much-win game. This is a, a must-win game for the Tigers um, to keep their season alive already so early on. Who have you, who have you got for this one, Maxie? I'm actually the Ds. I think Richmond just... They're in a hole at the moment, so I think, I think the Ds, if they're ever going to get tired... Well, they got them last year, but... I think they've got them at the perfect time. I think these are in pretty good form. I think I think they're going to be Richmond. And of course, Maxi, this would be the first time since two thousand eleven that Melbourne would go back and back wins. I mean, Touch is wood. this is this possible? Well, I don't know. We're going to have to wait so. and see. Oh, look, I'm going to go Melbourne as well. I think they've got a better midfield unit there. I think they will dominate. But I would love to see Richmond put up a fight. I think it's going to be a really close game. This, this, this is definitely one to watch. Now, of course, on Monday, we've got the big game, the Anzac Day clash between Collingwood and Essendon. Another big crowd expected for this one. Maxie, can Essendon cause a bit of an upset here? Well, I've got a sneaky suspicion that they might set over after Collingwood's poor performance against the Deeds and Essendon, they played pretty well against the Cats, so... I'm going to tip them, actually. I'm going to tip them. I tip Essendon most weeks, but I think I've got a sneaky suspicion, Zerba. You know, so do I, Maxie. I think, I think the Dons could really put it up to Collingwood here. I mean, Collingwood, of course, coming into this game with all the pressure. Um, you know, if, if Buckley loses this game, um, there's going to be a lot of questions asked from Collingwood. Collingwood need to win this one, but I reckon Essendon might catch him off guard. It's going to be a very interesting match indeed. So, of course, that is round five there. I'm very, very interested in looking at that. Maxie, thank you for joining me today. Unfortunately, Frizy couldn't be here. He'll definitely be, be, be back next week. Wish him the best of luck in his recovery. Thank you for joining us t- today for another episode of In the Ballpark. Thank you.